You're listening to the Stay Sore Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Stay Sore Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bo Skitsko, and today's episode is going to be slightly different. I had the pleasure of being a guest on a podcast uh, by Anthony A. Mann, a friend of mine who's a gym owner in New York. He also has a podcast on health and fitness. Check it out, the link in the uh, description. But um, we discussed the topic of working out in the morning versus working out in the evening, pros and cons, benefits. And I thought, why not share that discussion with my listeners? So check out Anthony's podcast. I'll leave a link as well. Um, if you already know me and my persona, my background, then skip the first five, seven minutes or so and get right into the topic. I'll leave a time code in the description. Otherwise, give it a listen. Hope you like it. Hope you enjoy it. Check out Anthony's podcast. Uh, have fun. Hello, and welcome to Health and Fitness Redefined. I am your host, Anthony Amen. Join me today as we take a dive into the world of health and fitness, where we learn how to overcome adversity, depict fact versus fiction, and see health and fitness in a whole new light. Today, we have a very special guest on a very special episode. First off, I'd like to welcome Bo Skitsko. Welcome to the show, Bo. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure to finally get you a one-on-one on a show. For those that may have watched, we were together on a show with Cody Kelly. Shout out to Cody for a nice show all about fitness and COVID. It was uh, definitely a doozy, that one. <laughs> but it's okay. Today, we got a great one. But first, I want to get a little bit into about Bo, talk about his life. So why don't you first start off with your backstory? Go all the way back. You, uh, you came from Ukraine mm -hmm. came out to the United States. You now live in Ohio. Yep. So tell us a little bit about how you went from living to Ukraine to now owning your own gym. How does that work? Yeah. So, uh, 11, I think 11, yeah, about 11 years ago, I immigrated from Ukraine over to, to the United States, didn't speak English. And now I'm a best-selling author and gym owner. And you know, it all starts with, uh, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, embrace the challenges, win one challenge at a time, and you know, and then things can get get happen. So uh, I own a gym or a fitness studio, personal training and uh, group fitness in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and my mission is to make people healthier, make the world a better place, one workout at a time, one rep at a time. I love that. What what inspired you to own your own gym? What was that like nail in the uh, coffin kind of thing. There, there's, there's many things, but it's just, you know, when I started working out over a decade ago now, it was just, uh, it turned out it's more than just about muscles and looking good or better, whatever looking good means to you personally, but it, it, it built confidence, it built work ethic, it built discipline, it built the, the understanding of the more I put work into something, the more I get out of something. And all that inspired me to, to see fitness as a way of changing somebody's lives, not just through how they look, but how through they feel, how they uh, take that knowledge from the gym into their everyday life. And I just, I just felt I could help a lot of people with this, not just physically, but mentally too. And I just got, got really, really deep with that whole topic. Yeah, I, I love that. And what kind of challenges did you face I mean, you're learning a new language. That's that enough itself is. Hey, I hard. speak five languages now. 
five languages? Yeah. What do you know? Tell us. Okay, so uh, one thing, I, I'm coming from Ukraine, right? So uh, I speak Ukrainian, obviously, but when I was born, uh, it was still the Soviet Union for a few years, so I kind of technically still learned Russian. So I speak Ukrainian, Russian. I lived for seven years in Germany, so I speak German. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, then I speak a little bit of English, and my favorite one is I speak sarcasm. I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> I love that. That's the way to go. So were you German, Russian, Ukraine, and English. And you said a yeah. little bit of English. Your language sounds, English sounds perfect. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Thank you. Uh, congrats to that. It's a very hard language. I know very little English, and that's about it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I'm faking it really well, because sometimes <laughs> if I don't understand the word, uh, I'm trying to like get the idea of what it could mean from the sentence, or I sometimes I use many words to walk around a word I don't know, you know, to explain something. So I'm trying to fake it and make it sound like I know what I'm doing. You definitely do. And did you open your gym prior to knowing English? Or is it something you kind of did hand in hand or you waited till after you got comfortable and then started your own business? So uh, I, I have to pitch this. The whole story is in my book, the Stay Sore book, like uh, how I learned English and how I forced myself to, to get uncomfortable and become better. But um, I opened the gym already speaking English pretty well. I'm still learning. But first, I, I did a lot of jobs. My first job when I immigrated was cleaning toilets and stuff because I didn't speak English. Then I did car mechanics and then I did was a delivery driver and I just tried to find jobs that got me uncomfortable in the sense of when you do delivery driving you don't speak much right or when you fix a car you don't speak much or when you clean toilets so I forced myself to get better and better jobs or more challenging jobs where I had to talk to people to get out of my comfort zone and to learn English eventually I got a job as a trainer in a big box gym and then I worked my way up uh, I had a hard time talking to clients, man. My English was so broken, but I worked my way up better and better, became the master trainer, the main trainer at the gym. And eventually I actually opened my own gym. But by that time, I already, already spoke English pretty well, I'd like to think. Yeah, I mean, personal training, we're using words that goes over most people's heads anyway. <laughs> so yeah. it's got to be hard transitioning from that and most of anatomy is Latin. So you're actually learning another language. Very true. Hey, when I when I was studying for my certification as a personal trainer here in America, I actually, that's how I learned English. I had this really big, thick manual of anatomy and then physiology and then the, the psychology and methods of being a personal trainer. And I had to study that with a dictionary. So it took me like three times longer to go through the material just because every like fifth or sixth word I didn't understand. So I actually learned English by learning anatomy, by learning being a trainer. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Thanks. Thanks. And then I want to talk about your book a little bit. You mentioned it briefly. You wrote a book. It's called Stay Sore. Yeah, Stay Sore. First off, where can people find it? Amazon and Audible. So Amazon, you can get a Kindle, a paperback like this I have here, and also an audio version where you get to listen to my uh, sexy accent on Audible. I actually recorded it myself because I wanted to be authentic. 
I went to a studio, recorded it. It's all out there. And stay sore sounds like a mean physical thing. But the whole idea is like in the gym, you got to get uncomfortable, got a little, have a little soreness to build up, you know, to become fitter and better and stronger. And the same principles apply to life. The more uncomfortable you get, the more victories you get over the challenges, the better person, the, the better job, the better family, the better whatever you become and have. Therefore, I apply, applied the principles from the gym to life. And the book kind of talks about those things, how to, here, the subtitle is how to break through the fear of change into a better life. I did it and worked that. for me and I want others to learn from it as well. I definitely got to grab myself a copy and read it because I feel like we're on the same page with this. I always tell my trainers and I don't know if I'm sure you're the same way after hearing that guys, I'm, you're going to learn under stress. I'm good. Yes. The way we do training here is there's no like warm up to try to get clients. No, I'm there with the client just to make sure things are okay. I say, all right, show me your chest exercise. Go. And like, I'm not ready. I was like, yeah, go. That's how you have to be on your feet. Keep pushing. And it's, I've always learned your body adapts better under stress, which is kind of, I guess, the same phenomenon you're doing there. You learn better and adapt better in stressful situations. It forces you to learn. Well, that's the that's pretty much the 100% only sole reason you go to the gym, to stress your body enough to have a reason to change and adapt and become better, right? So you only become better under stress. Uh, yeah, and... I think this could be applied to all aspects of life. People think it's just a gym thing. I believe this is a personal thing. A great example of this is I'll purposely, I don't recommend this because this is just how I am. I purposely put myself in financial stress to force myself to do things. Okay, give me your money. I'll help you. So you feel some stress. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to give you all my money. I don't have any less, but you could definitely have what I have. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Think about not just fitness as having six packs or something. Think about health in general. The more comfortable you are, the more unhealthy you become. If you're comfortably sitting on the couch, making the crease in the couch deeper and watching TV, the more comfortable you are, the less healthy you are. The more uncomfortable you are, you eat the things that you don't like to eat. You, you go to the gym where you don't want to get sweaty and sore, but you still go. The more uncomfortable you get, the more healthy you get, right? There's, there's no college degree without studying and some sleepless nights before exam. There's no good job without hard work. There's no good income without hard work. So everything good uh, you have to work for. Uh, the, the, the big quote and quote in my book from me is nothing good comes easy. Stay sore. Nothing good comes easy. You got to gotta work for it, man. I love that. And this kind of branches into the main topic we're talk going to talk about is exercising. Whoa, what a shock. There you go. <laughs> but this is a very interesting topic for most people. And as a trainer, as I'm sure as yourself, we get asked all the time about what's what are best practices. Mm -hmm. And one that I get asked often, which is why I wanted to do this show, and I, you'd be a great guest for this, is time of day. I get asked all the time, and I'm sure you do it. Hey, Bo, what's the best time of day to work out? How many times do you hear that? Uh, all the time. I, I, I really think I heard all the questions, and I hear them all the time. But yes, uh, people want to wanna work on the small details instead of fixing the big picture. So I'm going to ask you, Bo, when's the best time of day to work out? Right now. 
<laughs> right now. Yeah, the, the best workout is the one that you actually do. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. So don't worry about when, just get it done. Me personally, I, I have so many moving parts in my day. Most days I work about 25 hours a day. Therefore, um, I work out whenever I have time, me personally. Uh, it's not a best practice, but I'm just trying to navigate my life. I have three kids, a family, this business, some side hustles, other things. So if I have 20 minutes, I'll do a quick hit session. If I have two hours, I'll work out for two hours, lift some heavy weights and throw around some, some big, uh, big barbells, you know. I just try to do the best I can. But there's, there's, there's uh, ways to talk about it. There's pros and cons to mornings and evenings. Uh, there's physiological points to it. And then there's also psychological points to it. Physiologically, yes. as you probably know, you can Google and find research to support any thought you could and theory you can possibly have. I actually had a nice three-hour conversation with this about somebody four days ago, which is really mm -hmm. funny. Confirmation bias. Where yeah. you want to confirm your own theories, so you're going to find the research. There could be a million articles saying you're wrong, but you can always find that one to show you're right. Yes, it's really, it's lately becoming extremely challenging to talk about exercise science, like keyword science, because there's, there's research for anything you can possibly imagine. And it all, a lot of them contradict themselves. And uh, it could have something to do with whoever is sponsoring the research or whatever. I'm not going to go into that topic, but there's so much research and it's, it's hard to definitely say this is better than this. For example, one researcher in a university, unfortunately, I don't remember the name, but uh, they were testing mice on treadmills, kind of like little mice treadmills. Sounds funny, but, you know, they were testing and it turns out that mice performed slightly better in the afternoon slash evening-ish when it comes to performance. Another researcher took that idea and did the same thing with mice. And it turns out they use sugar better and the body absorbs and deals and metabolizes sugar and deals with insulin slightly better in the morning. So the mice in the evening used less oxygen for the same amount of work, which means they performed better but the body composition aspect was changing better in the morning. So there's no definite answer. There's, there's many different moving parts. For example, another thing you should consider when it comes to the science of it. When you sleep for eight hours, your body is horizontal. Your spine is horizontal and there's fluid building up in your, between your vertebras. So you get all stiff. The spine doesn't move properly. So if you wake up and go deadlifting right away, um, you might feel stiff and not very limber for, for your exercises. If you stand upright for a while, like hour, two hour, three hours, under the gravity, that water is being pulled or the liquid is being pulled out of your spine and then it has more room to move. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, the biggest thing that we're showing with, we can actually start there is the morning is you don't have that mobility. You're, you're not warmed up. You're coming from a dead sleep. Exactly. So it's but, going to take a lot longer to get your body up and moving as opposed to later at night. Well, because you're already like going through the day, you're already on your feet. Yes. But on the other hand, about uh, one third more testosterone in the morning than in the evening. You have more testosterone in the morning. And um, 
for the ones that don't know, even females need testosterone to have a great workout and have that internal aggression to work out and that energy and that um, um, ambition to lift and to move and to jump and do all these things. So you have slightly more testosterone in the morning, gives you a better workout and a better response from your body to the workout, right? So which one is better? Hard to tell. And I think that's why we need to talk more about psychological things and going from the aspect of the workout that you can do is actually the best workout. So two points on that psychological point I really want to talk about. Go ahead. The first one we could talk about is sleep. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, well, let's say you're an early AM workout. You're compromising your hours of sleep to squeeze in a workout in the morning. But on the flip side, you're working out before you go to bed. People are worried that a workout before bed you won't be able to fall asleep at night. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on that, on either of those two? Uh, many thoughts. The evening workout, uh, I think it's an individual thing, uh, how people uh, react to working out, but also what kind of workout are you doing? If you're going for a light jog, that might be actually good calming meditation for your nervous system. If you do like an intense kick butt boot camp style workout, you might have a hard time falling asleep because your nervous system is through the roof. Your lungs are like pumping like crazy. It's like a stimulation. So it depends what you do. If you do a yoga session, that might actually be a good idea before bed, right? So it depends on the workout and what kind of person are you? Are you easily overhyped and stimulated? Uh, as far as sleep, um, I would argue that you have more energy in the morning than in the evening. Imagine like a cordless vacuum when you just charge it in the beginning, it, it it sucks like crazy, right? And then it sucks weaker and weaker and weaker as you drain the battery. Same thing for a person throughout the day. You're fully charged, you wake up, and then throughout the day, you lose energy. So th there's, again, do what works for you uh, and do whenever you have time. I'm going to answer this for me personally. Um, I like to do morning workouts because those endorphins flowing through me after the workout, the, 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 the feeling of accomplishment, the feeling of confidence and feeling strong and fighting with the barbell and hopefully winning the fight, that gets me through the day so much better. Sometimes my clients even know like, hey, you look like you didn't or you act like you didn't work out today. And I like, nope, I didn't. I didn't get my fix today. You know what I mean? So um, for me personally, working out in the morning, Stiff, not stiff, ready, not ready. The psychological, just getting moving and winning the fight gets me so much more uh, into my day, you know? Yeah, I'm more of a early, I have the luxury of being able to work out that mm -hmm. early afternoon. I'm not a first wake up, go to the gym kind of person. For those that know me, I may fake it pretty good, but I am not awake for the first two and a half hours that I'm getting out of bed. And that I found out has a lot to do with my circadian rhythm, especially in the beginning of my gym, where that's when your body has its own sleep cycle. Yeah. It's constantly going and it always sets its own time of day, basically. I was waking up between the hours of 5 a.m. and 9 a.m. So my circadian rhythm was screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Now that I finally got a rhythm going, I agree. It, it takes me a little longer to go, but once I got that sleep schedule, now I'm at like that 9, 10 a.m., two, three hours after waking up. I need my caffeine in the morning, and then I'm ready to go. 
kind of deal. And that's how I feel with the sleep. The biggest argument I make for morning and what I, uh, we had a little audio technical difficulties. Is that better? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. The biggest argument I can make for the morning is psychologically. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, and I want you to talk about this same thing. I've noticed clients that work out in the morning tend to be and do it longer than those that work out at night, strictly because excuses become part of their norm. I, I can see where this is coming from. Um, I haven't noticed it myself. Uh, I just, but I have noticed that the people personally here in my gym, that um, the, the people in the morning, if they're willing to wake up at 4, 5 a.m., get the workout done before their family wakes up, husband, wife, children, they seem to be more disciplined about it. Not passionate, just more disciplined. They know they have to get it done. Uh, the people in the afternoon, it's not like an on and off, but it's slightly more gravitation towards either passion or just kind of getting through it. But the morning people seems like have more discipline. They do it because they know they have to. Yeah, and it's more for people who don't have trainers. Those that have trainers have that accountability of paying for a trainer. They're going to show up. True. It's the people that are self-motivated where I know a lot, including family members, they're like, oh, I work out at night. But then 5, 6 p.m. comes. They're like, oh, let's go out to dinner. Oh, you know, this came up. Oh, you know, and before you know it, it's 9 o'clock at night and they didn't work out. Whereas me, I'm not doing anything until I get my workout in. That is always priority one in this first thing in the morning because then if I don't, if I put it off, mm -hmm. it's not happening. Yeah, I understand. And uh, don't get me wrong. There's different people at different times. So pe people have different schedules. Some people are morning people by, by default. Some people make themselves be morning people. Some people have weird job schedules. So there's no one rule fits all. It's just... Um, People get it done whenever they can, and people will always have excuses if they want to. So there, it's not really one rule fits all, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think we're both on the same page. It kind of just depends on when you can. Whatever can be consistent for you is the best workout. Whatever you can keep to. Yeah, the workout that you do is the best kind of workout. So uh, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Do whatever you can. Um, if there's a two, three, five percent difference morning versus evening, it's still a hundred percent difference doing versus not doing. You know what I mean? I, I totally agree. And I think the only other topic we can really dive into on this is I would love to get your opinion. Fasted. So we're talking uh, about people who wake up in the morning, they're doing their the fasted cardio or their fasted weightlifting, just meaning they're not eating before they go work out. What are your opinions on this? Uh, they're kind of mixed. They're kind of mixed because um, it depends on the workout and on the goal. If you want to become stronger, probably not the best, smartest idea. You know, if you want to lose fat and you just go for a fast walk on an empty stomach, might be a decent idea. But then also your personal body. I just had a show. I recorded an interview on my personal podcast with a bikini competitor. She's a figure competitor. She doesn't like if I say bikini. <laughs> uh, but we had this topic. We had this talk about her diet and stuff. I personally function really well on fats. She functions really well on carbs. Not everyone is the same. 
So what I'm trying to say is some people can't manage working out on an empty fasted stomach. And then it depends what the workout is, you know, like yeah. I can't, I can't throw around 500 pound deadlifts on an empty stomach. Not going to work for me. There is no way. You know what I mean? So it depends on the workout, depends on the person, depends what you ate the night before. So uh, when I was in college studying exercise science, my professor always said one thing, and I agree 100%. She always said, the answer is, it depends. Yeah, so it, it all, it's called personal training because it depends on your goals, on your background, on your style of workout. There, there's many moving factors. So there's no one answer for everyone. Yeah, the biggest thing I've noticed, and it's, it's something I constantly tell my clients, a lot of people, I'm not going to say everyone will go with it depends, but when they work out fasted and they're doing an intense workout, especially those that are untrained, mm -hmm. they get nauseous and they throw up. Oh, I Only have time this all I've the time, man. Yep. All the time. And especially, uh, I'm sorry for being like biased. I'm, I'm not judgmental. I'm just saying, especially girls, they want to lose weight quick. I haven't eaten and I'm going to hit the workout hard to lose more. Please don't. Please don't. Five minutes later, sitting, head is spinning, hands are shaking, sugar drop, getting all nauseous and sitting there like, mm, 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 about to throw up, you know? Uh, yeah, not a good idea. No, I, I, that's my biggest argument for eating is that nausea factor. And because then yet again, you're not getting a workout in because you're dizzy and you feel sick to your stomach and throwing up, as we all know, does not help you lose weight. <laughs> uh, well, I, yeah, not, not in the sense we want to. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not good for you. Not good for you at all. Yeah. So, and a lot of them get embarrassed. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, um, if you want to go for a walk, if you want to maybe even go for a light jog or do some stretching or something, not too bad, but in general, especially the thing that from what I understand, what you do, what I do in my gym here, uh, don't work out on an empty stomach. We go hard and you got to half energy for these workouts yeah you need to be able to show you make it I, I don't get it this is a personal thing but i wake up i am famished i feel like i haven't eaten in three days i don't know how people are working out without eating i'm just starving i'm like i need food now in my stomach or i'm gonna pass out and die and of course that's an exaggeration but that's always something that's perplexed me well, let me ask you this. Uh, when and what do you eat at night? That plays a big difference as well. Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I used to think it was eating a lot of carbs at night would then because your body would burn it faster. But I've eaten. I've tried every type of meal under the sun and it doesn't matter. I just think I have such a fast metabolism that I'm just burning through everything so quickly. I'm just starving. See, What's I'm low-key jealous. I'm low-key jealous because for me, it's the opposite. If I drive by like a fast food something, I just need to crank open the window just a little bit to get the fumes and I'm starting to gain weight. Yeah, I, I always had the opposite problem. I was on weight gainers when I was younger because the doctor was worried about how skinny I was. Mm -hmm. And I, that's before I cared about my health. So I wasn't yeah. working out. I was 6'2", 155 pounds with no freaking muscle, such a twig that you could wow. like push me over. My, my waist size was a 28 at the age of 20. Wow. You want to talk about thin? You saw my rib cage, like all it was, it's gross. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, see, my, my problem is the other, the other way around. If, if there's a pizza and you, you just have to like 
crack open the pizza box and I go immediately from the fumes from like a six pack to a one pack. <laughs> don't worry, you don't have to be too jealous. As I get older, I started getting that way. I see. <laughs> it's finally catching up on me. I finally hit the age of 30 and now it's like, all right, I can't eat 6,000 calories a day like I used to anymore. So now I'm down to like four, 3,500, 4,000 a day. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, it was impossible for me to gain muscle. I, my body was burning so fast. Yeah, that I get I couldn't it. couldn't maintain any muscle in my body, no matter how much, how much I worked out. It was just I mean, cool. I get it. To me, it's, again, it's kind of the opposite body composition. And like, um, it's, it, it's not like super easy, but, but I, I think it's a little easier for me to gain some, gain some weight and gain some muscle and fill out my shirts. Yeah, I definitely, uh, shirts were always like too baggy on me and I looked ridiculous. Being a tall, lanky guy and trying to wear larges or extra larges when they're too wide, it's like, ah, oh, now I got to go buy specially fitted shirts. Mm -hmm. Then it gets expensive. It's not for, for the longest time, for the longest time, I was trying to wear an extra medium just to fill it out and make it look like I work out and stuff, but can't do that no more. I'm wearing a regular large and fill it yeah. out pretty well. I'm not the tallest guy. <laughs> How tall are you? Uh, five eight, and five. a little bit, hopefully, on a good day when the humidity is not too too bad. You know. Yeah, when it's when it's just right. That's like me at six two, and the humidity is just right. I get to six two, and we're set. There you go. There you go. So, Bo, on a on a closing statement, tell us where the people can find you. You know, you mentioned your gyms in Cleveland. We talked about your book. Talk about your podcast a little bit. Go for it. All right. So the podcast is called Stay Sore all major platforms, including a video version on YouTube. So to find me, you either type in Bo Skitsko or Stay Sore. The, the channel name is Bo Skitsko dash Stay Sore. So either one should come up and then Stay Sore on all major platforms like Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Pandora, all the good stuff. You can even say, hey, Alexa, play Stay Sore. Um, but um, Instagram, Bo underscore Skitsko, Facebook, Bo Skitsko. So, or just shoot me an email at boskitsko at gmail.com. Love it. And last, final, last question. Who's your idol? I don't have any idols. Oh, uh, you gotta, you gotta have somebody you look at. What's your favorite book that you've read so far? Cause I know I personally there's, there's many books. I, I, I can't pick one particular, but there's a few books I like, for example, uh, 10x rule by grant cardone uh yeah love him um i uh, grant cardone is all right but just the ideas in the book are i i love the ideas of just you know pushing through and getting uncomfortable then there's extreme ownership extreme ownership by jocko willings i gotta read that one uh he's a former navy seal talking about taking charge over your life and not being the victim being in the driver's seat and taking ownership over your failures and wins as well um he connects the whole thing of succeeding in life from like the his army stories and his navy seal stories um there's so many good books i would um i don't know from the top of my head there's some business books but anyway yeah just just those two books are good or uh david goggins yes What's what's the name of his book? I can't think of it right now. Something about Can't Break Me or something like that? Yeah, it's called Can't Break Me. Oh, that book is so good. To this day, when I like feel feel like being 
giving up on a rep or something in the gym, I always think to myself, I can always do another rep. Yeah, because for those that don't know him, I, I highly recommend looking him up. Guy went through Navy SEAL training twice, Hell Week twice, broke his leg or something the first time, pushed through. He has lost 150 pounds to get into the SEAL training. Total inspiration Definitely. for everybody. Definitely. And thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode of Health Fitness Redefined. Don't forget to subscribe to our show. And join us next week as we dive deeper into this ever-changing field. And remember, fitness is a journey, not a destination. Thanks for coming on, Bo. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.